you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast was overthrown by Peyton Manning. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Sorry to hear that you were overthrown by Peyton Manning. Who green-lighted that money drop? Who's coming up with these things? We we had a whole list of things that we approved, and I have not heard any one of those. I sent like 20 of them. Is this all from the comedic uh, genius mind of TD? Is that what's going on? He always blames it on someone else back there. Oh, that's uh, Bobby Joes. He, he was only here for a week, and he it was the most important thing to him to get one in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no one's seen TD in five days. Do we have Carrot Top writing these? What's going on right now with these? A gold standard behind the glass. It's gold standard uh, Friday. What's going on? Do you know? I'm just the Manziel to the Hoyer. I, it's not It's not on me. <laughs> you know, that's gold not standard. A, that's not how you want to position yourself. He's a genius politician, though, because he knows how to pass that buck when it comes time to do it. Um, yeah, so welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. we got a full house um, for a great show. One I'm looking forward to. Uh, can't always say that. Personally, a lot of times I'm coming up those stairs. I'm dreading what's about to happen. <laughs> Not today. Today I am amped up. Uh, we're going to – because first of all, whenever we get to dissect a Mark Sessler joint, blows my mind because I love it so much. It's like reading it twice. Um, Have you even clicked on this item? That Ten starters who could lose their jobs to rookies. Mark wrote about it this morning, posted it. I'm sure everyone uh, listening now has read it. If not, click pause, read Mark's content, and then come back to us. We're going to talk about it. That's going to be great. And then we're going to open up the mailbag. we got a mailbag in the written form, um, written by myself, Greg. Yeah, uh, that will run Friday. On Friday. Uh, but we're going to, of course, there's always plenty of questions from podcast listeners, so we're going to hit those up. Um, by the way, Mark, you excited about uh, the uh, latest Star Wars trailer? Chewie, we're home. Well, we might have swung for the fences a bit too far. I'm sure we'll get sued for that song. But uh, 
<laughs> sure, why not? It looks well. Cool. No, I'm. Uh, Wait, did I stumble into a Damashek podcast? What's going on? Here? Well, I needed to. What, what, <laughs> I know we're killing Peyton Manning off the top. We're talking Star Wars. What's happening? Well, I know Star Wars means a lot to you, Mark, and the trailer came out. It's a special thing to you. Well, I'm old, so it's the first movie that I saw in a theater with my dad. So it does for that reason. But yeah, also they botched the last three they attempted to make in a considerable fashion. It was a disaster. So this looks a little better. One of our loyal listeners, and he's actually he was a contributor on the old ATL Debate Club, uh, Jason Zumwalt, on his fa- I clicked on my Facebook, and he said that he cried when he watched the trailer. So, and Greg, wow. you made the point there's a Day-Z. disconnect. Well, yeah, Mark said I was crushing people's dreams because I pointed out that I felt disconnected to the average American populace because – you know, I don't. I could care less about the new Star Wars movie. I'm not against it, but I would well, say out of ten movies that are released, I'm closer to Greg be, on this. It would probably be in you know number five. I don't. Um, I have no. I don't want to see it. That's I'm fine. The ta- I don't like it when Silly. the tact is we're too cool for it because part of me is it's just that it was part of my childhood, and I understand that where I'm at now. Maybe you could be like this guy is a little off balance, but Zumwalt and I, we text a little bit about this behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I'll text with him about the developments. Mm-hmm. Got to have someone to to reach out to. Greg is not a sounding board. The guy's like an English patient oh, two. Give me a break. <laughs> Just because I don't like... English like, patient two, still English. Yeah, I love uh, grown men, you know, running around and... All right. All right well, well, you already are showing. You don't understand what it's about. You... You watch football and write about it for a living, which is also grown men running around in little yeah. outfits. Yeah, West <laughs> nails home a very solid point. <laughs> that's a good point. We'll be talking about some little outfits in the news, by the way, Mark. Um, all right. Speaking wow, of news, what a tease. The gold standard behind the glass or running out of time with Zachariah. So in sad. fact, uh, you only have a couple of weeks left now. Yeah. Uh, Maybe yeah, even one show left with us, two shows. Yeah, also true like of Manziel, that. potentially. Through, through no, he, the draft. I'm, com- I'm going through all the draft. draft week. And yep. by the way, we oh, haven't, our favorite millennial. We yeah. haven't mentioned it. We're doing a few big shows during draft week, some videos on Monday, and then we'll have what's now an annual tradition, a draft after the first round on Thursday night, the only podcast that will be up Friday morning, and then another one after it's all over on Saturday great, night. Great memories last year in Manhattan. Mark and I in a hotel room at 3 a.m. recording that podcast. <laughs> this year, Wes will be out in Chicago. I guess the time change will be adv- advantageous to Wes, I would think, maybe by a little bit. But well, we can push it back It will a be little. a late night for Wes, too, yeah. for the pod. And maybe, Wes, you can you know maybe have a, a quick drink uh, and a water, of course, before you just to get your uh, nerves going and get excited. I have a- Built-in tour guide with Kevin Patra in Chicago. That's right. Mm. He's going to get you in some fist bites. I can tell you that. Nice. That guy. If whenever there's a problem, the solution solution is always fisticuffs. <laughs> All right, Gold Center. Let's do some news. Let's do it. I'm in the news, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Team uh, McHenry. Just going to say it right now with the tow yard and the sus- you know that that sound drop. Do you approve of the way she? Spoke to that woman? Uh, ESPN personality Britt McHenry has been suspended a week uh, for berating a tow company um, supervisor of some kind. I said some horrible things. Do not. I don't. Sure. I don't, I don't get behind that. But it, according to several things, it's a crooked tow yard. Or they, they towed her out of a restaurant parking lot when she was eating at the restaurant. Why I'm, she, I'm not all about that. Why doesn't she take it up with the manager instead of actually berating oh, and hitting bad. every point about a woman that you could possibly destroy? It was terrible, that but was, I think the release of the video was punishment enough. Look, that's, that's what if I you ever find a woman who treats service people like crap, do not ever hang yeah, out with that woman. That's a she fair. must be the worst it woman is a on good, earth. It is a good test of character. That's I think Dan's point. point, though, we're not. it's not so much boosting McHenry. 
into the skies, but saying crooked toe yards. I believe. Let's get on that. I, I believe Team McHenry is pretty much boosting her to the sky. <laughs> well, that's right. true. And I, I guess as a former resident of Hoboken, New Jersey, which was a crooked town when it came to towing and tickets, like I have that in my heart. I remember what it was like to be treated poorly by those people. But it doesn't. It does. You know. Look, if we've talked about this too long, but you know. Yes. Look, if, if Boss Hogg is the crooked one, you deal with him, yeah, not right, the low-level representative out front at the desk. She shouldn't have said those things. And and by the way, the first story we're going to talk about here, Adrian Peterson, you would think him being reinstated effective Friday would be the biggest story in the newsroom. But right around the time this happened, this this Britt McHenry thing went down, what do you think everyone was talking about? I would I would like to see the football story that got the NFL Network staff as excited about this as this Britt McHenry story. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, while Britt McHenry's career was um, you know under fire, Adrian Peterson was getting his career back. How you like them apples? The Minnesota Vikings running back, uh, according to the league, which announced Thursday, uh, Peterson will be reinstated Friday as an active NFL player and may participate in all scheduled activities. With the Minnesota Vikings, and according to Rap Sheet, uh, there will be no further suspension upon reinstatement. Uh, there is, you know, some legal stuff still going on behind the scenes, but as far as football and Adrian Peterson, everything's clear to go after missing 15 games last year, going uh, back to his child abuse situation. Adrian Peterson back, Greg. No further suspension, no surprise here, and now they have two weeks to decide uh, whether they can trade him or not. Unlike the Philip Rivers conversation, which we talked about on the last show, I think the the Rivers trade, if it ever happens, has to happen during the draft. If an Adrian Peterson trade happened, I think it could happen at, at any point in the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And to me, it depends totally on whether his camp can convince all parties involved that it's beneficial and the Vikings are going to be the hardest one to convince. Yeah, it seems like that he got his wish because what – Ian Rappaport, NFL Media Insider, reported last week was the, the one thing he just wanted to get this cleared out before the draft so that this could happen at the right time. But getting the Vikings to move on a trade between now and two Thursdays from now, that is a tall order. Well, I, I think it's harder really to just find the team that's willing to give him that much money and enough draft picks to get it done. That it, It's almost more up to the Cardinals – and the Cowboys, I guess, are the two teams that we could see doing this, really stepping up to the plate saying, we'll pay you $20 million over the next two years, and we'll give you this, a second-round pick or whatever it's going to take to get him, and, and just being aggressive and going after him. Because otherwise, it's not like the Vikings are just going to trade him to trade him. Vikings think he's good. I mean, if Vikings think they're good. They know Peterson is great. To me, there is no reason to trade him unless some type of godfather offer uh, came up on the table, uh, an Achilles Smith type offer, Wes, uh, <laughs> involving the Saints or something. You know, something like that. Otherwise, you keep him in there, and you this team, with Teddy Bridgewater progresses, they can win ten or eleven games. In my mind, this team is pretty good potentially. So you run with it. Maybe the reason <clears throat> you know Dallas or Arizona comes around. You both got aging, thirty late thirty year old quarterbacks here. And you've got big holes in the backfield. That killed Arizona in the playoffs last year. They could do nothing with the run game. And Dallas loses their number one guy. Maybe you, this is your Super Bowl window for these two teams. What do you guys think happens in the end? I think I, he stays home. I've been saying all along I think he'll get traded. I'm going to stick with that. So before the draft, during the draft sometime, he'll be he'll be traded. I'm not putting a deadline okay. on it. Think, okay. <laughs> I think he'll go through the draft, not get traded. I eventually think the Vikings will give him some money for 2016, guarantee him some money, bring him into that new stadium that they've built. Everyone's happy. 
uh, file this under surreal. Former Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez is a convicted murderer. The New England Patriots star, a former star, was convicted of first-degree murder, sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole in connection with the deadly late-night shooting of Odin Lloyd, a uh, supposed friend uh, who uh, this all went down a couple of years ago. The trial now took place after de- de- deliberations. The jury decided that Hernandez, whether or not he was the trigger guy, he was there, he was responsible and uh, barring an appeal, Aaron Hernandez will never get out of prison. That's it. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Well, he's also going to have another trial soon for a double murder charge, so he's not done with trials. And all I could think about is if I was a Patriots fan growing up and you were 16, 17 years old or something when this verdict came down, that is a moment that as a sports fan you will never forget where you were. Maybe it didn't have that that big of an impact nationally, although it certainly was a big story to see a guy who played in the Super Bowl and was such an integral part of your team be convicted for murder. There's n- there's not much precedent for that. The, yeah, history. I mean this this case and this situation didn't capture the zeitgeist the way the O.J. Simpson situation did, and that's I remember I was 14 when that went down, and I remember listening to WFN in New York when they first the news broke that there was the double murder and then all of a sudden it just got, it kind of spun into this, this, this Greek tragedy. Uh, that to me is the thing when I, I always think of like the most shocking sports moment is when that went next level, uh, you know, with the white Bronco chase and everything. I mean, so Aaron Hernandez to me, it didn't never had that type of grip on, on the world or this country, but at the same time, it's just absolutely, I said it before surreal that this guy who was one of the top tight ends in, in football, who was a, a stud that just signed a $40 million contract, was kill, killed a guy, and now it's over. Now he's in prison for the rest of his life. It's a big waste. It's terrible. It's a really sad story. I think it's weird that the final – if this were the final scene in a movie about this scenario, that he's in jail and you can hear the sounds of Foxborough in the stadium in the distance from where he's stationed, that would a seem like a, a cheesy closeout to a movie because it's almost too unbelievable to, to grasp. A mile and a half away and, and – from what I understand, you basically drive past it on the highway. You know, you're going, I mean, it is, it's insane. He it's threw away a career with a Hall of Fame ceiling. Yes. And a chance at multiple Super Bowl rings. Crazy. Um, in other news, that's a tough one to transition from, but in other news, uh, Oregon offensive coordinator Scott Frost has been asked a lot about Ma- Marcus Mariota as people try to figure out what the ceiling is of the quarterback who uh, – is expected to go pretty high in the first round in uh, the draft at the end of this month. He Frost has also said a lot of the questions he get he's gotten are, are pretty stupid. Here's his quote. Some of them were great questions, and some of them were some of the dumbest questions I've ever heard, <laughs> he told OregonLive.com. Is it Oregon or Oregon or something in between? Oregon. Oregon. I don't know, but I don't know if that's right. I think it's a you know it's an individual case. Okay, I think it's ridiculous to think Marcus is too nice to play football. If that was the case, he wouldn't have won so many games around here. I agree. By the way, I was at the combine and like one of the popular t- talking points was like, "Look how he carries himself." He, you know, I don't think that guy's a. He doesn't look like a star NFL quarterback to me. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything, how he walks around or how his shoulders or how he carries himself. Enough of that. I'm sorry, TD, who's not here, but this body language stuff, people got to calm down about. That's a legit 
question that team it's not just the media when i listen to dj's uh podcast move the sticks on his Mariota 360 <laughs> i know hansis isn't a fan of it you know he said th- that was one of the number one concerns with Mariota. I- is he a leader that teams aren't sure about that and sessler and dan and i actually we were texting about it you had some hot takes this weekend unprompted well, about it. I, well number one we haven't been not been studying these players at all for Speak the most yourself. part so yeah okay but I, so I don't have a hot take. I mean, I watched, uh, you know, on a, a, hot, on a sober slow take, Saturday, man. very sober, <laughs> slow, hot take. Uh, you know, the, I watched his stuff with, with Gruden, right. which I think, you know, it's a 20-minute segment parceled out and edited. So it, it's very much how they want to make it. I get that. But com- looking at him and looking at Winston, Winston to me seemed, the, the way he came across in this short thing and the way Gruden responded to him and what he said later was just that he's like a, football life like he just is all about football and super intense Mariota did not give off that vibe but that's a 20 minute little program so but I'm that, not making but, a but that's conclusion. what everyone says about Mariota right it, it, and but I watch, don't know anything when you so. watch them on NFL Network with Winston too I mean he's flatline he's he seems uh, he, the, he makes Joe Flacco look like they're the also the young though like where, where who would this guy be three years from now when he's in the NFL right. we don't know that well yeah and two, yeah two words Joe Flacco two more words Eli Manning you don't have to be some wildly charismatic no. guy like Jameis yeah. Winston supposedly is to be a successful NFL quarterback. You just got to be able to play. Right. Yeah. So I got it. it. Reminds me a little bit of David Robinson for the Spurs. Too nice. Way too nice. Right. He's in the Hall of Fame. Here, here's how you lead. You're with good. If you're good at football, you lead. So even though I I agree w- with you, Mark, that a sen- he does seem very flatline. That does does that really matter? I mean, that was the same criticism of Carson Palmer. Yeah. Who's had a pretty? I mean, if you. If Mariota's career ends up like Palmer's, I consider that a success. And, and if we want to study these these Gruden segments or these Mariucci segments, and not to take away from your point, Mark, but if we went back and looked at, I don't know, Jake Locker's segment or Blaine Gabbard's segment, and they probably came off tremendously well and well-mannered and charismatic and knew all the chalkboard plays. Like, you know, but what does it, what does it actually mean come August and then September? Well, if, if teams got any better at predicting quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years – well, we wouldn't have been whiff, seeing them whiff over and over on these guys. So I don't think they know anything. The thing is the players, to a certain degree, and the coaches do believe it matters, even if we don't. So it's weird to totally dismiss that. I've heard Steve Young talk about it, that, that the most imp- one of the, if not the most important thing that you need to do as a quarterback is look the other men in the huddle and have their confidence. And that's, that's the number one thing a quarterback I don't know how you define that. I don't know how you get that exactly. Maybe Mar- Marcus Mariota can do that, even though he's not too talkative. Moving on, uh, big day, big day for the Cleveland Browns on Tuesday, where they unveiled their new uniforms after. What is that? The Browns have unveiled their new uniforms after months of speculation and hype and Mark Sessler going through fan sites and, you know, writing up little blog posts, all excited. They unveiled them. (laughs) Never have I done that. Uh, They were unveiled in a a really kind of an over-the-top type thing at a a convention center that was actually had an in-house feed run by the ClevelandBrowns.com site with two hosts, including that that nice woman who we just heard. the bottom line was that it was, um, you know, a bunch of little changes or significant changes. There's a lot of different combos, uh, but why am I talking? Mark, your thoughts about the new Browns uniforms? Well, you know, I'm very glad I was not in the newsroom when this was happening because 
I'm out to dinner. I'm trying to go out to dinner with my wife. Very rare event when you have kids. Mm. We're going to go see a movie. And all I'm, my Twitter is lighting up with just hot takes on how <laughs> terrible this organization is and what a, it looked like an Illuminati ceremony and what a devastating flop it was. I looked at him. Look, number one, you got a tough palette of colors to work with out of the gate. Are they Tampa Bay Bucks bad? Hell no. I mean, they're fine for me. They're fine. I didn't. I don't love them, but I didn't expect to love them. They're. They have nine combinations. Some of those combinations should not make it to the field, and I don't think they will. A really vivid, powerful assortment of uniforms. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm yeah, not yeah. that broadcaster. She's. She's. That maybe wasn't the best person to assign. They to were her. handing her twenty dollar bills after each compliment. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, Famously, that's not even. That's uh, not uh, amazingly. That's not even accurate. There was Browns down the side, and my uh, Cleveland on the front. My only take is the Cleveland across the front. That's okay. I can deal with that. The Browns down the side kind of feels pajamasy to me, or like arena football-y. Didn't love that, but it's not like they desecrated their look or anything. Gold standard has so, a hot take. Well, no, it's just so good that she didn't say, am I seeing a little bit of Browns going down the side of the pants? <laughs> <laughs> fair. I, I liked them. I, do, I just was wondering why, Mark, it really seemed to matter to you what the react. You were very fearful of the reaction to the uniform. I don't think I was fearful. You, I think I was, uh, I was a little anticipating and I was correct that there'd be a bunch. A lot of people like them though. Yeah, but there's the flood of hot takes about how much of a disaster the Browns are and enough is enough. You know what? And Mark, I know where you're coming from on this because back like post Tebow, post butt fumble, Rex Ryan Jets, the Jets, if you're a fan, you went into fan prison and it became a point where not only did it sucks the team wasn't good, it was just fun for people to just bury your team no matter what they were doing. Right. And you're kind of you're in that place now after uh, several Browns missteps Certainly. in the last few months. That is they, they become fun to make fun of. But by the way, just so you might get excited about this, you might have missed this during the telecast because you were in the theater. There's also uh, the uniforms might give them an advantage this season. A lot of features in these that make them very breathable, which is good for players to wear. You know, maybe September, October in Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, they have to take a trip out to San Diego yes. at some point. So, again, very cool uniforms, very player-friendly, and you can tell the input that they put into these is top-notch, done exclusively for the Cleveland Browns. I, th- I would think it would be for the Browns. I think what I'm so discussing is unfolding right here on this podcast. <laughs> player-friendly. I mean, I think it would be done exclusively for Look, the Browns. If I had Browns known, uniform. had I done, I did my AFC North roster reset a week ago. Well, the w- should have waited till after this information was, you know, unpacked. Okay. Very breathable. Dan, Dan and I were having a delightful time watching this unveiling, and I was thinking you, you were right that you were happy to not be in the room. It was really just the eyes wide shut. Uh, hoods that they were wearing, and then they all threw them off at the same time. That was really the one. Then the G- Gabriel I... couldn't get it off his helmet, so he. <laughs> Taylor was the Gabriel. Only... Yeah, yeah, he... I, look at. I mean, I'm not defending that. The, I just think it's the like... pre-interview where where Brian Hartline was in a burqa <laughs> covering a... up the uniform so that they couldn't see it. But they, so he was just <laughs> you indoors, know how, like... like wearing this like big blanket. <laughs> you know how well, like... and they they had already been released. Uh, well, no, yeah, not at that point. They, did a, they had a pregame show. You though. know how, like, every once in a while on the web, like, some, like, video will pop up from the early 90s, and then the whole – everyone writes, but look how cheesy this is. <laughs> uh, 20 this, years from now, yes. this will be one that will that be is written fair. about. Um, all right, so that's what's happening. Nothing personal, Mark. You know that. I feel your pain as a Browns fan. Maybe not as quite as much, but no, I, th- I get it. I, I get like it. the uniforms. Well, I'm learning with every passing day to detach myself further from the entire operation. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wes nodding his head. Yeah. Yes, do side. it. <laughs> um, all right, so speaking of Mark, let's talk about his great feature, 10 starters who could lose their jobs to rookies. And we just talked about the Browns, and we just talked about the Jets, and right at the top of Mark's list, uh, he has Geno Smith as the number one guy who is uh, primed to lose his starting gig, and behind him the Josh McCown-Johnny Manziel combo in Cleveland. So I guess this ties back uh, to the guy we were talking about earlier, I would, I would guess, Mark, Marcus Mariota. I mean, I think both teams have been talked about as potential move-up targets, and I'm basing it on the fact that Cleveland over and over is a potential swing for the fences. Now, if the Chargers want to come up and do that, that's not going to be easy to do. But the Jets also, they talked about the Jets as a team that they want to add. Todd Bowles said that we want to add another quarterback. So how's that going to happen if you don't draft someone? I like it. I can see it. It's happening. Wes, your thoughts? Sure. I agree. I mean, what All more right, do you want to say? Yeah, Geno Smith could lose his job if they draft a quarterback. I agree. All right, well, then let's move on to number three on this list. Denard Robinson and Toby Gerhardt in Jacksonville. Uh, the Jags, they went. we know they went hard after DeMarco Murray, so it would not be surprising if they made a, a, a push in a, in a draft class that's loaded with running backs. To me, they are the two and three. They are the number two and three backs already for that team, so they just need to find the starter. If they yeah. somehow don't find the starter – I don't know. They shouldn't – they're not going to be getting – you know, I don't think Robinson is going to get 20 carries a game regardless. I mean, Gearhart sounds like he's becoming a fullback that it, by the time the season starts might not even be anything more than a special team or the way his tra- trajectory is going. If you believe uh, the Tennessean, uh, there's no way Zach Mettenberger, number four on Mark's list, is going to lose his job. They see him, according to the Tennessean, uh, as a poor man's Tom Brady, the Titans do. But still, they have the number two overall pick. We were just uh, on our previous program talking about the Kevin AC article in UT San Diego about Philip Rivers. The time is now to trade him, which you wonder if there was something to read into that story. And it makes too much sense for uh, Rivers to go to Tennessee. And, uh, Greg, what do you think about that? I, I can't get out the opinion that Greg Cosell th- would rather have Zach Mettenberger than Jameis Winston. Wes, this rubbed you the wrong way, didn't it? I mean, it's the ridiculous. NFL it's film ridiculous. It's ridiculous? It's ridiculous. But we don't know anything about Winston. Maybe Winston isn't a great prospect for all we know. I've seen enough out of Mettenberger to think it's ridiculous, and okay. I think that if he's the quarterback next year, Ken Wisenhunt loses his job. Rustin, West, Rustin, Webster, Rustin Webster loses his job, too. That That's part of the thing I don't get, even though I don't kind of buy it. Is I don't buy anything anybody's saying about Zach Mettenberger right now. That's I agree with brother. that. I mean, I buy that Cosell believes he's better than Winston. Oh, yeah. I mean, I buy that he believes that. But I I don't get it because you're right. If Wisenhunt, if they don't make a move, you could see them getting cleaned out. But if they do get Mariota or Rivers, it's you're locked into the Wisenhunt experience for yeah. a few if years. If Mettenberger's their quarterback next year, they won't win more than four games. I wonder if Tennessee, which has always sounded open to shopping the number two pick in some fashion, is doing their pre-draft PR about how much they like this guy in case they're stuck with him after the draft. All right, number five. This one, to to me, it might not be sexy enough, but I would have put it at number one. Brandon Oliver in San Diego. I know he had some moments last year, but it seems to me after they let Ryan Matthews go that they are going to go hard after one of these running backs. The Chargers seem primed for that. It would make a lot of sense. 
Um, so, Mark, you see at number 17, Todd Gurley, or Melvin Gordon being two top priorities for them potentially? Well, I feel like along with Arizona, they're a team that feels very, or the Cowboys, very ready to draft a running back in the first round if they must. Their, their backfield isn't that bad, though. If they liked a different position in the first round, it's like you could take a second, third-round guy and then have some sort of Oliver Woodhead you know, third-round pick. Donald Brown. Com- com- combination. It's not too bad. If you look at the stats, because I remember writing a Chargers thing earlier in the offseason, how much they leaned on Phillip Rivers and how yeah. uh, unsuccessful they were running the ball and moving the ball on the ground. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. If Rivers is still there, you can't do that because he's going to be 34. If you bring in a new guy, if you bring in Marcus Mariota, you definitely can't do that. So It's one thing to rely on an undersized guy like Oliver for a three- or four-game patch during the season. It's another thing to go into the season with him as your starter. Yeah. Plus, Brandon spelled with an E-N at the end. Mm, yeah. Questionable. I don't know if I can trust that. Uh, six, seven, and eight on this, this list. Jermaine Curse for the Seahawks. Uh, don't Mark, don't let any of the Seahawks wide receivers see this article. They'll be very upset with you because they think they're awesome. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt in New England. I didn't even realize he's their number one, is he? Is he I think starter? he is right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's their number yeah. one. I guess so, he is. And then Andre Ellington in Arizona this time last year. A lot of people were excited about Andre Ellington. I think uh, this room as well. Uh, but now we're kind of seeing that this guy is not a workhorse back or a guy you can expect to give the ball a ton to. So you got to get somebody else in there. Maybe Adrian Peterson. But that wouldn't be a rookie, so he shouldn't be on this list then. I think this <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think this podcast said exactly that last year, that he wouldn't hold up for a season, and you can't make him your workhorse. When you say this podcast, are you saying Chris West? No, I'm saying we a few of us on here said that. Down Chris in the chilly West. Netherworld studio where we were in camp for two months, I remember Wesleyan saying exactly that. Wow, Wesleyan backing off some of his hubris from an episode ago when he challenged the entire world universe to come up with someone that's predicted the Raiders demise I'm not backing better than off him. that one bit. Find someone who <laughs> has been more me? accurate on Raiders analysis. Uh, Ken Becker. He lives in <laughs> Cleveland, actually. Hates the Raiders. This list is reminding me how many teams need starting running backs. So we say how you know devalued the running back position is, but there's six, seven teams that need a running back out of this class. And you know, by all accounts, this is the right class for it. Very deep at running back. Chewy, we're home. Number nine, uh, Dwayne Bowe <laughs> All right, you know what? and Brian Hartline, the Browns wide receivers, both signed. Uh, this would be quite a, a bummer for these two guys. They just got to town. They're going to lose their jobs because Mark thinks it's possible the Browns get one of these big-time, these big-shot rookies, and ba-ba booey. Brian well, Hartline that, all of a sudden is not a starter anymore. You have two number ones, and I get this vibe from last year that Ray Farmer isn't big on drafting wide receivers. Well, you simply cannot ignore that. Cleveland might have the worst group of wide receivers in the conference right now, if not the league. Wow. Do they? they yeah, you're right. They I don't know. they got to be down better. there. I guess they got to be down there. There's not many that are worse. They signed a player away from no, the L.A. Graybeard. They have no tight end to throw to, so it's the whole group is a mess. And they have no one that you can get excited about two years from now. So. You don't like Hauser. I like him all right. I, I kind of like that signing. It's not Jordan Cameron. No, he's not. I like Baby Hawk. Sure, but again, these guys are all – it's like the Jets before they got Brandon Marshall. They're all shoved one or two spots ahead of where they should, and that yep. equals six wins. Excellent analogy, Mark Sessler. Mark, awesome job. Number 10, Mark's Justin. What is happening Mark in this is episode? This episode is an outrage. Why? Why do you say that? I don't know. Because of the Star Wars stuff or the uniform, too? Yeah, I mean, just an and onslaught that, of <laughs> – it's like I, I really meant that was excellent. The comparison to the Jets, I well, think you're you. right. I, no, I think Chris is being condescending, actually. 
I'm I don't know. Now that's an outrage. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this might seem like we're teasing you, but this is almost like a love fest for you. It's almost like a roast. On some level, I can I can roll with that. Yeah. How many more minutes? Or an intervention. <laughs> Number ten, Justin Forsett, the Ravens running back, really came out of nowhere. One of the pleasant surprises of the 2014 season. But however, Peter King of Monday Morning Quarterback, one of Wes's favorites, believes that <laughs> more outrage. <laughs> Melvin Gordon will quote not get past the Ravens at 26. So. Mark, after Justin Forsett has that great season, they're already looking to stick him back in the uh, depth chart. Well, I'll let the boss explain this one. This was your uh, this was your pick. Well, my suggestion, you, yeah. you know, your names are the top wow. Of this this smells like plagiarism. Wow, throwing <laughs> each other name. under the bus. No, no, no. I don't saying. disagree, but I put it at the bottom because I don't think it's a likely one. But they've talked about potentially drafting well, a running. So back. you not only disagree with me, you disagree with MMQB's Peter King and, and yourself. yourself. <laughs> I see it as the least likely of these possibilities. Uh, Forsett, I think a guy. You looked at the what they're paying him. Follow the money. They're paying him like a backup. They're not yeah, paying him like a backup. He's one of your favorite players in the NFL. I love Justin Forsett, but I think the Ravens are going to look for a running back of the future. Yes. And that is a good that class for it. That would be smart. That's it. Great. And that's it. So that was Mark's uh, Mark's feature. Make sure you check it out at aroundthenfl.com slash Mark's latest feature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not a website. <laughs> but it is on NFL.com. You can read it. All right, let's, let's hit the mailbag. Uh, tons of good stuff. You guys always send great questions to us, so we got to get got to get through a bunch of these. Uh, where do we want to start? And the other three of us have not seen these questions. No, for the most part. I mm. think I made might have run a couple of them by, but for the most part, this is all you guys are flying blind here. Uh, well, we'll start with something uh, football nerdy, okay? This is from Steve Mansfield. At SM, SF Mans, if you could add a completely new rule or completely abolish an existing one, which would it be? Mm. Start with you, Chris Wessling. That one's easy. Okay. Get rid of the worst rule in sports, that stupid catch rule that nobody understands. But what would you? So yeah, what would it be? you have to replace it with something. If you catch the ball, it's a catch. It's easy. <laughs> I mean, stop with this. you got to make 18 plays after the catch, and whether you tumble to the ground nonsense, if you catch the ball, it's a catch. That's that's what I, I'm with you on that. Logically, that has to be number one. I like an extra all this extra point jive, all this nonsense. Everyone coming up with 65 yard extra points. What you do is you put the end zone, the goalposts on a high speed pivot. <laughs> and when you line up from the extra point at the normal location, it is spinning oh, like at this. a super high speed. So you have a chance to get it through, <laughs> but it could easily hit a solid and bounce away. I love this idea. First I've heard of it. That's, that's amazing. You came up with that right off the top of your head. I can't even follow that. End of conversation. Mark took mine, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I like with the extra points, just make it make them go for two. Let's get rid of as much kicking as possible. Just make them go for two. I, also, I, I've been honking about those, those uh, cameras on the goal line, so it's not a very exciting one, but let's get that. Excellent use too. of honking. More notably, Bill Belichick has yeah. brought that up as yeah. well. Um, I would I would definitely take a closer look or redo the rule involving late hits on quarterbacks and wide receivers because that drives me crazy on a weekly basis. Dan is the guy at the bar who's like, oh, let him play football, guys. <laughs> it's like, what happened to football? They're out there playing powder puff. They should be breaking each other's skulls, this if you ask me. This is what happens when you give every kid a trophy. <laughs> Dan hasn't watched a football game in a bar in four years. Yeah, oh, that right. used to be so fun. You know I mean. Uh, all right, moving on. What team, this is according – Ooh, great name. we got a great name alert, Sebastian Seneca. Hi, like I'm that. Sebastian Seneca. You want to go to the movies? Uh, <laughs> at Sebastian Seneca, <laughs> what team 
He's single, ladies. Sebastian well, will be missing an opportunity if he doesn't record that from Dan Sebi. and yeah. make that his answering machine message. <laughs> That's true. People have answering machines? <laughs> Maybe. Well, you don't. We called voicemail. your we called your cell phone like twice on the show last week and Still, not set up. Your That's voicemail. not by accident. <laughs> All right. Here's from Sebastian. What team is most likely to go from worst to first in the division? And uh, let's take a look at the NFL standings from – 2014, just as a refresher for me. Here are your choices. The Jets, the Browns, the Titans, the Titans, Raiders, Redskins, Bears, Bucks, and Rams. This is a particularly depressing uh, exercise. I usually would think it'd be easier to come up with. This is an easy one for me. Okay, what is it? The Jets. Yeah, they're the best team. Ow! They're the best team out of all of those. And you could say the Rams, but I just got done. They watch. were outscored by 118 points last year. They stunk. Last and they year. New year, two baby. of our riders picked them as the best offseason so far. The Jets. The Rams. You could pick them, but I just got done watching every target thrown to Jordan Matthews last year, and the difference in ball placement between Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles was startling. Sanchez leaps and bounds better than Nick that's Foles. startling mm. indeed. And, Mark, that sets you up well for the one you had planned. I did have St. Louis. <laughs> and, well, no, but with Don't a caveat, with a caveat that it only happens because something absolutely disastrous happens very early in the year in Seattle. <laughs> that's what? the only that's way cheating. that team is winning that division. That? Well, no, I mean, fa- there are many factors. What? what? If, like what? Like a an absolute centerpiece player okay, on so offense not, is gone. Not Seattle breaking off into the that, ocean or yeah, something Yeah, that doesn't like count, but you can't city. like – it's like me saying the Jets are in if, – if Boston gets so Boston strong, they get roided out and they get caught it, or something. It makes sense. Well, what Rams if Brady are, gets traded to the Browns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I disagree. Just, just as impossible is for me to see the Patriots fall off a cliff. Wait, but you got to pick a team without any crazy circumstance. Brady. I think the Rams are the best – Last place team. I don't think it's a crazy thought at all. You need the Seahawks to fall off, but I think they're a better. T- I think the Browns are better than the Jets. But my answer is going to be the Washington Redskins. Even though I don't hmm. really imagine it happening, I just think that's the lame enough division, and I could just see they go nine and seven, ten and six, win a bad division. Redskins would be my answer. Wow, that is. Wild. I predicted in my own head that you would go for the Redskins for exactly that reason. Yeah. Well, it's a good. It's in, logical. And in my heart of hearts, I want to go with the Jets. It's really, if, if you want to read between the lines, that's who I'm picking. But I'll go with someone else, though. Uh, <laughs> I'll just pick it. Yeah, no, I don't want to do it though. I'm I thought of, about the Jets. I don't want to bank on it. Wes already covered him anyway, so I'm happy about that. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. The NFC South stinks, and I know the Bucks stink too. But you know, you get James. Listen to my thought process, Wes. What an awful team they are. Jameis Winston comes to town, and he's the real deal. You know, things weirder things have happened, and I don't think you're going to need more than nine wins to win that division again, potentially. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bucks. Why not? Good thing this has been recorded. Here's why not. Did you Cam, pick one yet? Cam Newton, yeah, Matt St. Ryan, Lewis. and Drew Brees are in that division. That's why not. That's not that. I think the NFC saw the bounce back. Just, just how it goes. Things go up and down. Uh, this from Cathal McCabe at – Cathal 41. Two men enter. One man leaves. No weapons. J.J. Watt versus The Rock. Who wins? Uh, Cathal, just so you know, says J.J. I say J.J. My fiance says The Rock. What say you? Drops a Damashek line on us. Well, I don't think this is close. I'm giving it to J.J. Watt. The Rock is an entertainer who's in his 40s. 
He's not even. I mean, I know he's athletic, but it's, it's a little different. He's very. Yeah, I mean, Watt is working out like Rocky and Rocky Four right now. I don't know if Rock's doing this doing the same, but Rock I is agree with Greg. He's forty-two years old. I just tremendous age yeah. edge, and he's in the prime. He's in excellent physical condition. I got to go with Watt. I have to go Watt too. If you talk about them both in their prime, interesting battle. <laughs> it's not like the Rock is some sort of weakling that got shoveled yeah. out of an accounting office, but we got to go Watt. I'm gonna go with the Rock, and I'll tell you why. I know wrestling's not real, but the agility that he has and his ability to be quick on his feet and enact different type of moves uh, in the ring, I think his ability as someone that knows his way around Who's got the grappling here's, here's the key would take him over the top. Watt's not going to allow – I mean, Watt's not going to be in on it. Rock's going right. to say, hey, I'm going to do this move to you. And Watt's gonna go, no. <laughs> right. How, right. About, how about you don't? Wait, how, how about the movie that The Rock made where he was like the dad and it involved the Patriots in some way? Do you remember that movie? Yeah, that's so why J.J. Watt will win. That's why J.J. Watt. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying anyone that makes that movie is not going to win a bare-knuckle brawl with J.J. Watt. I think The Rock is physically stronger as well. You what about the guy? tennis? What a body. What about the tennis gal pal Watt's picked up? Is, is she softening him some? Potentially. Wow. Uh, I like you're on top of things. This is from our good friend Jim Lorigan at Jim Lorigan. Can we have a game where the winner gets a Hansus pie? That's really from my wife and mother-in-law. And... Gets to garage drink with Chris Wesley. <laughs> now, I want to win this game. Uh, Got to get in that garage at Tybee. I, you know, there's only a few people I would not allow to garage drink with me. So, yeah. Name them. I can't do that. How about I, you and Britt McHenry? I was going to say. You I know, have issues with Britt McHenry. We have a, we have a winner. <laughs> Mark Sessler's won this game in the game of life. I mean, you, you've hung out with Wes and had many of a, many a drink, had some. I don't not know in the garage, I don't though. know if you've had any of the Hansis uh, pies. Probably had some of the pies, too. You could. But I've, not in, I've had hands yeah. by and drank in a garage. Right. <laughs> we need to get into that specific garage, though, mm. on Tybee Island. We can make this happen. I think the answer is no or yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, probably no. We can make it happen. I will return to Tybee again next year or the year after, and if you want to meet me there. All right. Two years from now, when Wes goes back to Tybee. Unless you're a Raiders fan because I'm afraid you'll try to kill me. I'll send a pie to Tybee also. And if you fly your you know, your own airfare to Tybee West, might put you up. Let's come yeah, together. I'll give this like a 3% chance of happening. <laughs> uh, this is from Neil Dutton, one of our favorites, at Neil Dutton. He actually 13. likes stale bread. He does like stale bread. At N. Dutton 13, what sport other than football would you guys most like to sit around together? It's an important, important word there. Mm. Together, watching with a beer or two. Other than football. I think the thing that we might be able to all agree on, maybe the NBA Finals. I would say the NBA. Yeah, I could watch that. Mm -hmm. If it gets to the point where there's like eight minutes left. I will throw one out there, too, in the honor of the gold standard, a U.S. uh, World Cup match. Oh, yeah. We've done that. that We had a great time. That would be number one. We've done that. That's number one. Are you proud of me, Zach? So proud. Thank you, guys. Wes and I, we really – we watched a female or women's UFC fight, and we quite we had a good time. The oh, Ronda wow. Rousey one, it was over in like Ugh, eight seconds. That sounds right. We did watch the World Cup, yeah. Yeah, the four, in, at, at the garage? There at the go. garage. Yeah. Uh, so Wait, there you a go. A local yeah. brewery. We gave you a definitive answer there, okay? Uh, this from William Holcomb. Wes, this one's toward you. Kelly's son. At Billy the Wrench. Ooh, he sounds like an enforcer. Uh... Looks like one, too. Why is the media so down on the Raiders every season but always seems to be hopeful for teams like the Jags, Titans, etc.? I don't 
What do you want from me? The Raiders are awful and they run a bad operation. None of their moves make sense and they have no plan. The Jaguars have a plan. The Raiders don't. I mean, what is the Raiders' plan? Sign a bunch of veterans and hope their draft picks work out? I don't know. And, and nothing they do makes sense to me. And they couldn't have been watching film to trade for Matt Schaub. I would challenge the notion we've been – we're overly positive on some of the bottom feeders like the Jags and the Titans. Were the we, Titans we're not, on that we list? Bury, yeah, we're we bury not, them. Yeah. And he, here's why, uh, to answer the question. Here are the win totals from the Raiders since 2003. 4-5-4-2-4-5-5-8-8-4-4-3. Yeah, Billy the Wrench. Why – Answer me this question. Be why, careful, by the way, what you say to Billy the Ranch. Why do Raiders fans knee-jerk defend everything that their front office does and they haven't made any good moves in the last 10 years? That, yeah. yeah, that's what I'd say. I think, if anything, I'd like to see the Raiders – the NFL's pro- a better place when the Raiders are kind of a rough-and-tumble good team. I absolutely agree with that. I love their franchise. I love their history. They just run a bad operation. I mean, so we're sort of sticking up for the fans, if anything, by saying, come on, get it together. Exactly. Right. Mark Sessler nails it again. I thought Condescending. I thought Mike Silver, <laughs> who's a, a big Hugh Jackson fan, was, you know, kind of overreacting when he said he's a big Hugh Jackson fan. <laughs> Hugh Jackson oh. fan. Okay. Was a little overreacting when he went crazy when they fired Hugh Jackson, saying what a terrible decision it was for the franchise and everything. But looking back, I mean, they won two eight games really because of Hugh Jackson two straight years. That was a ridiculously terrible move. I like Mark Zach. We are advocates for Raiders fans. They just won't accept our advocacy. That's what you need to stress to them, Wes, next time they mm. come after you on Twitter. No, I, they don't come after me anymore. They don't exist on my Twitter feed. <laughs> you blocked every <laughs> Raiders blocked, like all of them but Damian Pittman and two other guys. Uh, this is from Steve Booth at Steve Booth 87. Probably means he was born in 1987. That's possible. Unless it was or he's 87 years old and he changes his Twitter or account every year. that was his graduation year. First kiss? Mm. First Any kiss. chance the <laughs> ATN... He calls us the ATN, would pick the 49ers as the team of ATN, been knocked down a few rungs, unfortunate situation, hashtag, hashtag intrigue. How about that, fellas? The Niners coming off uh, just a hellacious offseason, tons of losses with a you know likable coach who's in a tough spot, good quarterback with ups, upside if he puts it together. Could they get a little frisky with everyone picking them to stank? Well, I don't sit in the closed-minded corner, so I'm open. Oh, <laughs> I'm, open. I'm open to the possibility. I, I yeah. figured if, that the contrarian corner over here would be way open no, to that No, I one. was just saying I'm open to it. I It, it would be a very <laughs> surprising corner. The contrarian corner loves to do what people want. I'm, ju- I'm the buffer between the two worlds, and sometimes it gets hot. They aren't in the first wave of teams that I'd remove. No, I, I would, it would be a surprise, but I wouldn't totally rule it out. If only because they have Tom Sula, which to me is overall – I'd be along for that ride There's if it some gets fun. Comedy potential there. It's interesting. Ka- Kaepernick is a fun guy to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Got a chance. This is from Nick Boyd at Nikki B seven twenty. I know four twenty that reference. Seven twenty is that like a higher level? You do other things at seven twenty. Okay. When when do uh, all right, there's a little typo in here, Nikki. Come on, buddy. <laughs> when do you come to London? Fancy going for some fish and chips and a pint. When do you come to London fancy doing some fish and chips in a pint? Oh, Is that a good accent, <laughs> no. Zach? That's perfect. That's exactly what they sound like. When do you come to London fancy doing some fish and <laughs> chips in a pint? What are you from? You're from like East Liverpool now. <laughs> I like that you do fish and chips too. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so let me, let me just say one thing here. We have high hopes that we're all going to London, but it might. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It could be. It could be an uphill battle here. Greg, you hinted at it. 
Uh, we're getting some people that are in offices that are telling us, you know, it's a pipe dream. Shadowy league figures. <laughs> people have not said it's a pipe you know, dream. Well, there, you're, you're there's, dreaming. A high, there's a high-octane proposal out there. I mean, we're we're trying to push it through the corporate. I think what's happening here is shadowy league figures are multiplying. Hmm. So here's my here's an Help idea us out, I had. We do have, it's funny enough, one of uh, the people that have an office uh, is named Henry Hodgson, who happens to be known as Handsome Hank. And, you know, if you listen to Damashek's show or you've listened to him on our show, British man. So I want everyone that's listening to the podcast right now to hit up at NFL UK Hank on Twitter mm. with the hashtag on to London for the ATN boys, because I really do think Henry is the guy who can get it done for us. So let's go straight to wow. Henry. Everyone at NFL UK Hank, hit him up, flood his timeline. Yeah. And be, I did, you know, we can't stress enough. If you've, if you've added him on Wednesday on Twitter, it's fine on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Multiple tweets add up, and they're going to mean something in this battle. And to answer the question, yes, I fancy that. <laughs> yeah, I would fancy it. You oh, know, that sounds You know great. who else might be there then? Nick, that sounds How far great. away from London will you be? Uh, I'll be a couple hours. And when, when do you get there? Uh, August. So we'd have a producer. I've jumped down and meet you there. That How sounds about, good, Dan. That, that, oh. you, you could make it down. You don't have to write any midterms about like which nah. free agent, you know. Soccer players to pick up. No, I'm good. United Kingdom, more than just England, though, Zach, and something you should know when you go out there. You don't want to make a faux pas. That's true. That's true. People would be very angry with me. Uh, Vincent Petty, at Vincent Petty. Vinny. Hey, old Vinny. Uh, when Michael Bennett insulted at Dan Hansis, why didn't he respond, well, that's not what your mother said last night? <laughs> uh, Michael Bennett famously uh, derided my private parts after the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. Now, the reason I didn't engage, uh, first of all, he's much bigger than me uh, and stronger than me, and he would destroy me. But also, it wouldn't be a good look for me to be going back and forth in what was a, a classless move by Bennett talking about my genitals. But I'm not going to be getting in the back and forth of them. It, you just got to back off. You took the high road. Plus, you had a job to do. You had to write some posts that night. I had a lot of do, work to do that do night. Do some podcasts. You were thinking about the team. I Dan thought- is a professional journo. I thought it showed your true professionalism. Right, and thank you guys. And Vincent actually puts hashtag journo fail. But the <laughs> no, truth of the matter no. is I had to be a journo in that spot. But if, if, I would, if we were in the schoolyard uh, and, you know, and, and Bennett and I were like the same type of you know, physical type person, I would definitely drop a, a mom joke at him. Well, I think you'd, that would even be a better situation for you to say nothing. I don't in a schoolyard. I don't know if our friend Vinny knows what a journo is. Because mm. a journal comes with would never retort that. It's very true. And may that be a lesson to take out of today's podcast. Uh, this from Randall at Truth is told to you. Okay. Uh, have we heard anything on a ruling for Deflategate yet, or swept under a rug? Yeah. How about that, Greg? Uh, what happened to Deflategate, which <laughs> really ruined all our lives for about a two-week stretch in January? Well, maybe the NFL has decided it's such a boring, unimportant issue. They're just going to ignore it forever. That's what I hope. It is crazy <laughs> that it's still going on. By the way, we're all cool if nothing ever comes of it. I bet right. Robert Kraft and Let some other know, people though. in New England uh, would like some type of, uh, you know, an apology or, or a retraction, but we would love to never hear about it again. People in New England would like it since we were told by almost the entire media, that this could really affect the legacies of Bill Pelichick and Tom Brady and basically keep them out of the Hall of Fame. That was a dark time in the season. And what was kind of a rough season and a lot of stretches 
for different reasons. That w- that's right. Uh, it was a right final kick in the nuts because you was... thought you were out of the woods in terms of, oh, it hadn't been any bad stories <laughs> uh, for a while. And oh, then that was to, just... to watch 90% of the people covering the sport completely lose their mind. Yeah. Uh, this crazy. from Jeff Slunt at Jeff B. Slunt. Hey, Slunt, get over here. <laughs> uh, has Greg received more free haircuts at work? I can answer this question, by the way. Greg <laughs> has gotten now multiple haircuts in the I makeup didn't know room. That. He looked splendiferous the other day. It, Product in his it hair. It looks good. And I'll just say this. I, I don't want to talk out of school here. Greg's my boss. But Greg is the only non-NFL like NFL network talent to be doing this. <laughs> the people on NFL Now and that have a podcast, us, don't typically get the haircuts. But Greg is maybe a trendsetter. Uh, the only one doing it. The man wanted to cut my hair. It just came up in natural <laughs> conversation. It was an honor for him. Right. Like he saw your hair. Look and he's how like, Get over here right now. Total McHenry. It came up. It <laughs> came up naturally. You know, wants to work on his craft. Now look, at Greg's might be more well coiffed than you are. It is because I don't. I now don't so, have it. So that's as now often. we're drilling down to the real what story here. <laughs> Dan Dan doesn't like someone stepping to his throne. Well, by the way, let's let's be honest. Let's <laughs> not, I'm not going crazy about you. Talking right about now. Chuck Daly Jr. here. Uh, <laughs> we have an HR folder Danny on Rich. Greg. Danny Rich. Danny Rich. An HR folder on Greg downstairs that today alone has added ten or twelve. How am I the pages. bad? How am I the bad guy in this one? He's walking around like he's God's gift to. Well, I mean, hey, we're, we can all challenge for the title. Just saying, you are no, someone can't. that's putting you yourself on the radar. We cannot all challenge for the title. You do whatever. not want to get into that battle, Greg. You give me, <laughs> give me, uh, give me some time. Give me a haircut and a little bit of my Redken product, and the world stops. Build stuff to Daddy Rich. <laughs> James Cochran at James. So yes, Greg is getting multiple free haircuts from the uh, makeup room. At James Cochran, uh, he lets us know this is a correction. Uh, from last week's pod, I think. Yes, when we were talking about the Australia Australian rugby rugby player signed uh, by the Niners, Jared Hain. Jared Hain. Uh, he was referenced at one point as a um, enigmatic kangaroo. Right, and I I forgot that that. Well, go ahead. The kangaroos are the name of the Australian rugby league national team. Right. Oh, that's not nearly as funny. No, and actually, classic Daily Telegraph. Anticlimactic. Generally, like the Olympic teams, I think they're called the Kangaroos too. And now I'm probably messing. Well, it leave up. it to the Daily Telegraph to completely confound their international audience. What have you known classic that? You know a lot about sports. The Daily Gold standard. Uh, no, I mean I know that the soccer team's called the Socceroos, which is cool. Oh, that's that what, is that's what cool. I was thinking. Wait, do they actually. call football soccer there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have that they have Aussie right. rules football and oh yeah, interesting. Technically rugby football. You ever, right. Have you ever watched a little rugby? Oh yeah, love really? a bit of rugby. I'll be I'll be in England for the Rugby World Cup next year. You guys can uh, do that and do the international series. Wait, sweet. Just well, watching we it, there. or you just happen to be there? I'll I'll be in the in the stadium with a, uh, a non-alcoholic beverage and a pennant, waving it around. We'll wow. have fish and chips and pints. We need to have a night out, by the way, uh, Gold Center, oh, yeah. before you leave. I'm in. As a group. Um, all right, this from Zach Smith. This is kind of a um, uh, this is kind of a uh, Damashekian program question, but I, I was legitimately interested because I don't know the answers uh, for you guys. Uh, at Zach and Maru, what are your favorite breakfast cereals? Now, I know maybe you don't tend to have a lot of breakfast cereal in the morning, but if you were having a breakfast cereal and you could choose one, Mark, we'll start with you. 
I don't eat cereal, but I growing up I would eat bowls and bowls of it a day. And Lucky Charms was where I'd go. What you do is you eat the oats first, the oat parts. Oh wow! Then as the mush, the little marshmallows get soggier in the milk, you just go down each of the mushrooms and you save the green leprechauns for last. You eat those up. Then you drink the uh, milk, which absolutely. Is and by then it concoction. tastes like a big sugar water. Mm. What was? As a child, raisin bran was my go-to because we weren't allowed to have c- sugar cereals. Mm. But now I'll occasionally, I'll occasionally a, uh, I'll partake with some fruity pebbles. Wow, interesting, Greg. <laughs> well, we're talking now, right? So I mean, it sounds boring, but frosted mini wheats. I think that's the champion. I like oh, that. That's my number that's one. That's my sugar on top of one of my wicker baskets. <laughs> v- versatile. You can have it dry if you need to. You could take it out with it. You can, anything. Kids love it. Um, I know it's very bad for you, but cinnamon toast crunch to me. Like so much, this came up on Dave's show, and they sent us like thirty boxes. Oh yeah, are you trying to get yeah, more? Did that impact yeah. your decision? I guess I'm out of it. So yeah, if the, the cinnamon to- toast crunch people are listening, I need some more. But love cinnamon <laughs> toast crunch. Um, also, See, kicks the, sneaky kicks. Uh, oh oh no, no, well, no! I agree. Kicks taste tastes great, and it, what? My my daughter came home from school the other day talking about the kicks that she was given. She just loved it so much. Tastes great, but you're never full after the kicks. That, okay. that's like one of the advantages wheat. shredded wheat has is you're full after those big. How can hunks. you get enough milk or water or whatever you throw in your cereal to make it not dry? I'm with like you. Eat, it's like eating the dust bowl. Hmm, interesting. I took Greg for a, a Grape Nuts fan <laughs> with the classic old, you know, the question is not if you're good enough for Grape Nuts. Well, that, that is the question. <laughs> what are you talking about? I also like grape s- Nuts, a, a, a healthy cereal from the 80s that Greg's never eaten, apparently. Like Suzanne Summers <laughs> what used to do. like the. Uh, I like Cinnamon Life, too. Uh, gold Standard, yours. I'm not, this might surprise, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a cereal guy, but I do like a bit of Corn Pops. In the morning. Have you had corn pops? Okay. I, I always that. thought it was interesting and it was in the silver bag. Yeah. It was right. different. I loved that as a kid. That, yeah. was, that was maybe my number Captain one. Captain Crunch also. Remember the those. variety packs when we were little kid? Yeah, yes. those are good. Like we would only get them if we were going camping. Well, you had seven brothers. I understand why parents wouldn't want to inject sugar into the equation. Yeah. Oh, what a household that must have been. Seven Wes's running around. Not hyped up on sugar. Well, that's true. That had to help. Uh, all right. We, let's do one or two more. Uh, at Malcolm McSween, uh, McSween 10, if Wes had to choose one celebrity cornhole partner, who would it be? Wow. First one that comes to your mind. David Simon? <laughs> I was just about to say, because you said <laughs> David Simon would write your memoirs last week. I, I was, find him to be an interesting I guy. Like, I feel I like I could learn from him. I say it again. I don't know. No, I don't know. Who's, who David Simon sucks at cornhole, by the way. Who would be I have a good, good cornhole I don't really think it should be an David athlete. Simon's a great answer. You can talk about all sorts sure. of things. Yeah, yeah but, but you want to win, too. terrible at cornhole. Yeah. I'll give you another know. guess. I mean, you want to make sure you advance in this tournament, this pro-am. Maybe Pete Rose. Oh, he's so old. What about Akili Smith? <laughs> Definitely not Akili Smith. <laughs> Lee Johnson. <laughs> uh, and finally, this Brown. this from Tony Tovar at Cheese Tony, and I only, I'm only bringing it up because this guy, I can't believe this is something we got. What do you say to Packers fans who get upset at Ted Thompson for not being more active in free oh agency? Are you kidding me? I think. Are you kidding me? Get a grip. <laughs> that always it happens every year, though. I I know where he's coming from. These Packers fans Blessed are crazy. Souls. They're always complaining about Thompson and Mike McCarthy. And McCarthy, I can get a little bit, but Thompson. You know, look at the record. Look, if you're a Packers fan, you've had nothing but Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers since 1992. You don't have a whole lot to complain about. Sit down. The weather. (laughs) 
Mark got angry, got aggro. No, I just I I don't <laughs> see a whole lot of open doorway to you know get aggravated with the Packers at this point. Hey, it's working. You had to have the biggest collapse possible. That wasn't Ted Thompson's fault not to make the Super Bowl last year. Touche. I'm in the news, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, that's it for Thursday's or Friday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back uh, two shows next week. Don't expect one on Monday. We're going to come back on Tuesday with the whole group. Uh, two shows next week, and then after that, and may, I don't know, maybe I'll tease it. I'm not sure. Maybe the maybe our AD scale show next week. Maybe could happen. It's a possibility. Might so might it, might even sneak in an extra show for a little schedule release special if all the Ooh, things tasty. Mm. And then the week after that, of course, is draft week, and that's a fun week because Wes will be in Chicago. Uh, We're going to have Connor Orr, uh, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast is going to be here. Uh, We're going to do Play Go Get My Lunch, um, Jerk Face. We're going to, of course, uh, do our post-draft wrap-up after round one and then another podcast at the end of the draft. So a lot of great stuff coming up. So keep listening. That's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss. And the gold standard behind the glass. Until next week. Go get my lunch clown car. Go get my lunch clown car. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late for the very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.